Hour three of the Jose Gonzalez Show. Jose Gonzalez show gets going right about now. Four minutes, 50 seconds past the hour of 9 a.m. here in Fresno, California. Once again, always appreciate you guys for listening and for tuning in. And again, I'm very grateful for every one of you that listen every morning that are fans of the show. Um, I've always said it. I'm grateful for every one of you because without you, I don't do it to do uh, this. And uh, I am a very cognizant of it. Um, and uh, just, you know, I just always want to say thank you. And congratulations to Greg. Uh, Greg won himself the tickets for the Fresno State Bulldogs men's basketball game tonight as they take on Portland State. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good game. It's expected to be a good game. Now, if the Bulldogs comply, well, yeah, all right, it's going to be a good game. Now, Portland State's a good team, and I am very clear in making sure Bulldog fans know that before going into the Save Mart Center. We expect it to be a good game, but Portland State's a very good team. If they come out with a victory um, from the Save Mart Center, it, it, you know, it's it's going to be tough, but uh, I, I think we got to understand that a lot of these teams and a lot of mid-majors this time around are very, very good. You, you heard Eli Bedker join the show a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about how good the Mountain West as a whole, as in its totality, how good the Mountain West is in basketball, especially um, this season. The current temperature here in the, the city of uh, Fresno, uh, it is currently 54, now, now 55 degrees, uh, 64 the expected high today with an overnight low of 49 uh, degrees again 64 the expected high 49 the overnight low you can expect some rain in the valley here at about one o'clock on through but when i say one o'clock on through i mean rain on and off i mean it's gonna drizzle on and off it's gonna be a light rain on and off throughout the rest of your day um, but tomorrow, 63, Wednesday, 63, Thursday, 65. You can expect rain throughout those days as well. On to next week when that will change. Uh, currently in Visalia, 55 degrees. Currently in Merced, 62 degrees. Currently in Bakersfield, 71 uh, degrees as well. And uh, pardon me, currently in Bakersfield, 58 degrees, 71 the high 50 degrees, the overnight low. Every weather report is brought to you by our friends at Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating. If you have an AC heater unit issue, you got maintenance that needs to get done, you can call our friends at Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating. They have got you covered. Um, with that being said, and as we get through that, I want to remind every single one of you that uh, we are here through Thursday. Um, and uh, then I'm going to be going um, on a little bit of a break until January 2nd when we come back here to start the year. Um, and trust me, I'm already irritated that I'm not going to talk to you guys about the San Francisco 49ers game um, against the Baltimore Ravens in 
San Francisco. I'm just saying, I might throw up a pod just to throw up a podcast, right? Like, I might throw up a 30-minute, a, a 40-minute podcast on the website of talking about that game from my home office because I have a little home studio. It's not nothing fancy, okay? It's nothing crazy. I have it just in case I need it for work and stuff like that. So maybe, you know, maybe I might uh, wake up on a Tuesday, December 26th and go, yeah, uh, you know, I want to record something really quickly or maybe Monday night after the game. Who knows? Um... Uh, so I'm already upset. I'm missing that. Okay. Just know that. And then luckily though, we'll be right back January 2nd, which is coming up here for the, uh, getting ready for the final week of the NFL season. We'll be back uh, on your radio. So again, we'll be off this Friday, the 22nd through the 2nd of January. And then we're back here on the air with all of you as well, though, um, the, show that is home field advantage with Gabe Camarillo he's going to continue to be on the air three to five throughout my absence as well as Tony Diodato now Tony also will be off this Friday so you will only have inside the patch at 4 p.m. no Jose Gonzalez show at noon and no Tony D at two o'clock but you will have inside the patch at 4 p.m on this Friday. So I just want to give you guys that bit of a schedule. I like keeping you guys informed um, as much as I possibly can. Um, so that is the information as we have it right about now. Tomorrow, Angelique Martinez, KC24, CBS 47 will be joining us. I have a note out to my guy, Chris Alvarez, to see if he can rejoin us sometime this week uh, as well to talk about that Baltimore uh, 49er game as well as the Arizona Cardinals um, Niner game this past Sunday in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So, or Glendale, right? Tomato, tomato, whatever you want to say. Glendale, Arizona. We will see if we can get our guy, Chris Alvarez, to come on and uh, chat with us. You know, Wednesday, Stephen Haglin will join us. We'll talk about um, the Raiders' absolute thumping of the Chargers <laughs> as well as talk about possible um, coaching vacancies that will be in the NFL as well as uh, well we're going to chat with him mostly about NFL and uh, and we'll dive into those conversations on Wednesday Gus will join me Thursday we'll talk about his um, fantasy football victory over me over the weekend that oh so is still irking me hurting me making me lose control in studio because I am so upset and you guys will figure out why I'm so upset I lost by less than a point and I lost because Boswell, the kicker of the Pittsburgh Steelers, missed an extra point. That's why I lost. He missed an extra point. Not only did he not kick a dang field goal in that game, he missed an extra point. And that is why I end up losing in my quarterfinal. No, tell me, don't tell me I'm angry. I'm not angry. Just, just upset. I'm just upset. You know, fantasy football does this to us. I want to take a quick moment for all of you that coming into this game on Monday are waiting on Jalen Hurts, whether he's going to play or not. I could not imagine going through that. I didn't have Jalen Hurts in any of my fantasy football matchups. I couldn't, I couldn't stomach the idea 
of waiting today and not know whether Jalen Hurts will play because obviously that is going to affect the amount of points my guy like A.J. Brown would get. I don't have A.J. Brown either. Or my guy Devontae Smith would get. I don't have Devontae Smith either. Or my guy Dallas Goddard would get. I don't have Dallas Goddard either. So I couldn't imagine the stress that some of you guys woke up, some of you ladies woke up this morning going, Oh my goodness, I really hope Jalen Hurts plays today. If uh, he doesn't, my week is ruined. My week is going to be ruined. Now, look, I feel you. I, I I played four playoff matchups out of my five leagues. I played in four. I lost in two of them. The two ones that I consider the most important ones, I lost. And I was the second highest scorer. I would have absolutely beat everybody else in my fantasy football matchup in the one in the one I lost by less than a point to Gus. I made some dumb mistakes, I will admit. But Boswell, you know what? Screw you. I'm dropping you in every league, never picking you up ever, ever, ever again. Okay? Just, just you know, we'll leave it at that. But I lose there. I went in two, one of which is my friends league that I have uh, with uh, all of my friends that I've I've um, I've run I've run that one personally for I think like twelve years now at least, um, and I'm in the semifinal of that matchup, and uh, the other one is my uh, my league with my wife that she wanted me to make. And it is battle time in the Gonzalez household because the wife and I are going toe-to-toe in the semifinal matchup. I don't know. Some of you need to give me ideas. Me and her need to wager something on this. We need to put something on the line for this matchup because this is going to take us through Christmas. Her and I might not be speaking from Thursday to Monday. I'm just saying. This is going to get real competitive. My wife last time, this is the league again, I mind you, that I paid attention to, but I forgot about it from time to time. And then the one week I did forget, my wife doesn't tell me we're playing each other and that I don't have my quarterback. Josh Allen was on a bye. I didn't have like three like three other positions. Still almost one, by the way. Um, but that league have a really good team. I am really hoping I win. If I lose to my wife again, she will not let me live it down. The same way that in my friend's league, the one I run, if my uh, best friend does uh, beats me in that league, he will not let me live it down either. So um, the next week is going to be mighty critical for me in fantasy football. Like a lot of you, it is very critical for you in fantasy football. Hey, what a time to be, uh, be in the playoffs with this lot of different teams and players playing um, well. You think about uh, you, you you think about a guy uh, like C.D. Lamb potentially going off, and then well, the Dallas Cowboys throw the kind of game they throw out there, and then you're like, ah, oh, well, he's he didn't do anything, and then he gets a three yard run into the end zone. You're like, that might have saved me, and then Debo Samuel with that back shoulder catch from Brock Purdy. My goodness, how good was that? And Debo gets himself into the end zone a couple of times. Hey, did that help you in fantasy football? What about Trevor Lawrence throwing pick after pick? What about Josh Allen not really running the football at all, but letting his other playmakers do the work? Who won? Who lost you? Your fantasy football matchups, because I really believe 
a lot of it was left out there. James Conner had himself a pretty decent day with the Arizona Cardinals. Christian McCaffrey, did he already beat you? Or is a team that has Christian McCaffrey in, uh, in, in was in a bye week? And so it didn't really matter what Christian McCaffrey did because Christian McCaffrey took a lot. CMC took a lot of people into the bye week in fantasy football. All right. With that being said. Intrigue, let me know. Email me, Gonzo1430 ESPN Friends. I love hearing those stories. You can also tweet at me or email me, whatever. It's at Jose Gonzo Sports, J-O-S-E-G-O-N-Z-O Sports on all my social media platforms. Shoot me a mess. I would love to know what happened to you guys in your fantasy football matchups because on Thursday, you'll hear what happened to me um, in my matchup with Gus um, and then obviously not here on Friday. So, um, we're going to pack the show this week with a lot of great guests. We have a note out to our Los Angeles guy um, to talk Dodgers and uh, to, uh, to talk about the potential of the Los Angeles Dodgers. We have a note out to a San Francisco Giants guy. We might have a return of a producer um, for a segment this week um, about the Giants. You guys might know who that is. We might have him return as a guest on the show to talk the San Francisco Giants and them losing out. We'll see, but we are going to chat a lot about a lot of different things this week, just giving you guys that heads up as well. The San Francisco 49ers absolutely dominated the Arizona Cardinals. And through that domination, um, through that domination, it led a lot of people to begin to believe that Brock Purdy isn't the MVP of the San Francisco 49ers and isn't the MVP of the NFL. And a lot of people are coming out of their way to go and point out other teams, right? And what's crazy to me is the reasoning behind this now. Like, we're trying to find such a big way to discredit Brock Purdy. And I'm seeing this a lot from Charger fans too. A lot of Charger fans are trying to discredit Brock Purdy at the same time as them dealing with people discrediting Justin Herbert. They're trying to discredit Brock Purdy. And I'm seeing it from everybody. They're like, well, he's throwing to open receivers. Okay, yeah, they are open. But you know what makes Brock Purdy great? What makes Brock Purdy Brock Purdy? And this is something that I've had to learn the, the hard way because I'm not a Brock Purdy guy. I have to repeat that. If you are not a staunch listener of this show, you're not an avid, a consistent listener of this show. First of all, what's your problem? All right, that's, that's first. Second of all, second of all, think of this. I've gone full circle on Brock Purdy and I'm still not even a Brock Purdy guy. But I can, and I've told you, I'll respect game when the game is there. And here's the truth and the honest truth is that Brock Purdy is great at what Brock Purdy does, right? And what does Brock Purdy do? He throws guys completely open, right? If they are open, he leads them into more open space. All too often, how many times are you watching an NFL game of your favorite team, be it the Raiders, the Rams, the Cowboys, the Eagles, whoever the heck it might be, but when was the last time you were watching a game and you go, dang, 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 if you just throw that a little bit more open, he is gone and it's a touchdown. How many times have we seen quarterbacks constantly throw behind the wide receiver who has to kind of stop and, and reach backwards and then he makes the catch and he tries to turn up the field and go and it doesn't happen because he had to slow down or lose a step. What makes Brock Purdy great at what Brock Purdy does is he throws all of his guys into open space. 
He gives them the opportunity to go yards after the catch. Yak, as we like to call it in the football world. And that was on full display against Arizona because Arizona's not a good team. They're just not. They're not a good team. I didn't expect the 49ers to be in as much of a game as they were. But but Arizona's not a good team. That's simple. It's, it's very simple. And Brock Purdy, yes, was throwing to wide open receivers like George Kittle over the middle over and over again. He was wide open and he was throwing them open. And look, some of you might not be impressed by the throw that Brock Purdy made to CMC. But I will tell you, go grab a football. Try to run full speed to your left as you're readjusting your hips to go back and face the defender that is about to hammer you. Okay? Your right shoulder facing south, right? And your shoulder facing north that you're going to throw. While you're still moving in that direction. Moving your hips, squaring up and throwing to a wide-open receiver. Now, that seems very easy. That does. Now, that's why I ask you guys to go and try it at home so you can see how difficult it really is to maintain the power in your hips, to maintain your foot presence, and to deliver power in that throw over to CMC. He almost overthrew Christian McCaffrey. He almost overthrew him. So, he goes in that throw. And then, I, I've said it in, in my little, uh, my, my, uh, my buddy had uh, someone over and they were talking on the couch and I said, if that was Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, one of the top tier guys in the NFL would be like, dang, what a throw. Look at him, the way he scoots, the way he moves, everything about him, what a throw. And if that didn't satisfy you enough, if you have not seen the back shoulder throw, pardon me, the front shoulder throw to Debo Samuel at the pylon for the touchdown, that is why Brock Purdy, to me, has turned my my brain inside out. Why Brock Purdy has made me a believer of this San Francisco 49ers team. I'm still not a believer in Brock Purdy and believing that he's going to lead a team that doesn't have the amount of talent that this 49er offense has, but he made me a believer in what Brock Purdy can do. That Brock Purdy can make the right decision, but he makes aggressive right decisions, right? He makes the right throw, but he's aggressive making the right throw, meaning he throws guys into open space. He always makes the right decision, but he makes the most important right decision. Instead of finding Juwan Jennings at the first down marker, he throws over the top to find Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. Instead of finding underneath, he goes up in intermediate throws to find his guys open. Why? Because that's the right throw. It might not be where the read is, but it's the right throw. And that's what Kyle Shanahan says and why Kyle is such a believer and big believer in Brock Purdy. He makes the right throw. He makes the right decision. He makes those aggressively. And we've seen that over and over and over again. And so for me, look, we can discredit him because he's surrounded by talent. We can discredit him because he's a game manager. We can discredit him because he doesn't have 50 touchdowns. We can discredit him because he doesn't look like a prototypical 
big-time elite quarterback. We can discredit him because he has a great offensive play caller. But when have those been reasons to discredit anyone? Did Patrick Mahomes get discredited because he had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, two future Hall of Famers? Did we discredit Patrick Mahomes when he did when he had all those? Right? No, because we're making excuses for Patrick Mahomes now that Kadarius Tony doesn't know how to catch. We excuse Patrick Mahomes. Remember, we all said, no, 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 no. Brock Purdy, no, 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 no. We're gonna give it to Dak Prescott. What did Dak do against the Buffalo Bills on the road? He blanked the bed. Right? He got scared. He didn't play well. And on the road, the Dallas Cowboys continue to lose. Oh, Brock Purdy just went into Philadelphia and rocked the Philadelphia Eagles in their house after they talked all of the mess, saying if we had our guy, we would have run you out the building. And guess what? They went into their house and they ran him out the building. How is that not proof to you immediately that Brock Purdy should be an MVP frontrunner? How is it not? Well, now it's the, oh, yeah, you know, we had to create something. Now it's the, well, you know, Lamar Jackson, Lamar doesn't have all of the stats that a prototypical MVP would have. Lamar doesn't have them, but, but if we took Lamar off the Baltimore Ravens, what do they become? Oh, they became, it's, they were still a playoff team. So how much worse were they? They were still a playoff team last year, and they were damn close to winning that playoff game. But sorry, but it's because you know that they 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 will win with Lamar. But, you know, it's like if we we just had if we had a moment, if we had proof that Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Well, that Brock Purdy and the 49ers, that, that Brock really is an MVP because if Brock didn't play, the 49ers wouldn't be as good as they are. If only we had proof of that. Is it not Jimmy Garoppolo last year who had the same 49er team that Brock Purdy had, but they played at an insanely better level than when, uh, uh, when they were with Jimmy G or even with Trey Lance? And I'm a Trey Lance guy, but this team just zooms. They're a well oiled machine when Brock Purdy's a quarterback and I could be honest today something that I would not and would not have dared even thought or said in July in June in May in April February whenever you want to say it all of the days of the month after the injury in January from February on I could not fathom saying what I am saying today and that is that if Brock Purdy isn't the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, they are not going to win a Super Bowl. And that would be stamped with the absolute seal of guarantee in my book. That's how efficiently great Brock Purdy has been. That's how many right decisions Brock Purdy makes. That is how important Brock Purdy is to the San Francisco 49ers. Because yes, I believe CMC is the engine that makes them run. I do believe that. And yet, I believe that as CMC came out of the picture that I would still believe that the 49ers have a chance at winning the Super Bowl.
So yeah, even if Brock Purdy and CMC are going off of each other and going, ah, Brock's the MVP, and then per, uh, then uh, McCaffrey comes in and goes, no, 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 no. Brock's the MVP. I'm not the MVP after Brock already had said CMC's the MVP. And you just feel the camaraderie that these guys have, that this team has. And you have to put that into account. Look, if we're just going to give this MVP... Because we feel, not the, not not that the stats don't show this, but we feel as though Brock Purdy doesn't earn this or doesn't deserve this because he has so much talent around him that without that talent, he doesn't succeed. Come on. Let's be serious. We didn't talk about Andy Reid to discredit Patrick Mahomes and his, super, his MVP. We didn't do that. We, we didn't do that when we were talking about Lamar Jackson and his time frame, about great head coaching. We didn't discredit him for that. We don't discredit MVPs for having great wide receivers. We never have. But somehow we're doing it now with Brock Purdy because he's Mr. Irrelevant that is competing at a high level and is making all of these quarterbacks not look like top five quarterbacks. Don't discredit a guy because you don't like him. Respect the work he does, and Brock Purdy's put in the damn work. He has. No questions asked. He is the MVP frontrunner, and we just saw it because Dak Prescott just blanked the bet. So think about that. Let's stop trying to take credit away from people. When Brock Purdy leads the NFL in efficiency, leads the NFL in touchdowns, he leads the NFL. We're like, well, well, well there has to be a, yeah, there's reasons why. But again, Lamar is now going to be the talk of town about why he should be the MVP. Because what they're going to say is, if Lamar comes off the, the Ravens, are they as successful as they are today? Look, Lamar is great. And Lamar deserves consideration. He's having a good year. But he's not leading the NFL in any category. Any category. Not one. And I'm going to read you what Brock Purdy leads the NFL in, just so we're clear in what the discussion is truly about. Is it about what you've done or is it about who you are? Because he leaves, he leads the NFL in yards per attempt, average yards per attempt, yards per completion, quarterback rating, QBR rating. He leads the NFL in net yards gained per a pass attempt. He leads the NFL in adjusted net yards per pass attempt. He leads the NFL in touchdowns with 29. He leads the NFL in percentage of touchdowns thrown when attempting to pass. Yeah, I'm just going through this. He leads the NFL in yards per attempted index. He leads the NFL in net yards per attempt. I've told you this. He leads the NFL in adjusted yards per attempt. He leads the NFL in adjusted net yards per attempt. He leads the NFL in passing touchdown percentage. He leads the NFL in passer rating index. Brock Purdy leads the NFL in so many categories. That is just absolutely pathetic to me and so many people ignore the stats that they always point to now because it doesn't fit the narrative that they want it to fit and I'm not about that because as I told you I am honest and I am honest on this show as much of a non-Brock Purdy guy I am I am here to fight for what is true and what is true is Brock Purdy is the MVP through these 15 weeks of the NFL season no and or if buts about that you're listening to the Jose Gonzalez Show. 
You're listening to Locally Owned 1430 ESPN. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the land, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We are happy tonight. Walking in the winter wonderland. News A Gonzalez show. Monday through Thursday. And on Fridays, beginning at noon on your local sports leader, 1430 ESPN. I got a little overexcited there uh, in that last segment, but it, it's just, it annoys me and it bothers me when we move goalposts just because we're not in favor of the truth. It, it annoys me. And, 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 and just acting as though the truth is not the truth doesn't make your truth the truth. Okay. I think that is as simple of a phrase that we can use in our world, in our life, and in our society today. We're straying so far away from the honest truth. We're straying so far away from seeing what is true just because we want to be in the space that most suits us. And that is implied to everybody. Not just one, it's everybody. We need to start looking at the honest truth and actually believing it for what it is and stop believing in all this other mumbo jumbo. Because the honest truth is Brock Purdy deserves to be the MVP today. Maybe that's not the case after the next three weeks. Maybe Lamar Jackson ends up absolutely showing up in the next three weeks and makes me believe. Maybe maybe Lamar Jackson walks in a week from today into Levi Stadium and runs the 49ers out of their own building. Maybe that happens a week from today. But that is not what has happened today. Lamar went into a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and they beat themselves. We watched the games. We watched the games. Is there anybody out there that watched last night's game, Sunday night football, and left there saying, Lamar Jackson, other than teams can't bring him down, impressed the living heck out of me because he throws the football so wonderfully because he always makes the right play. Did anybody leave Sunday night football believing that? Because I didn't. Now, Mike Tirico tried to tell us, right? They, they created, they created, they created their narrative last night. We saw that during Sunday Night Football. They created a narrative. And they created it saying, oh, you know, Brock Purdy, he, he might, he looks great. He has all the stats. Brock Purdy, that looks wonderful. But Lamar Jackson, you know, there's just something about the way Lamar Jackson can't get brought down that makes you think he's MVP. Really? That's how we determine MVPs now? Well, that guy can't get brought down, so he looks pretty damn good. So he's the MVP. Is that the way we do it? We don't look at efficiency stats. We don't look at net yardage. We don't look at yards per attempt. We don't look at the totality of stats and then let the the game itself tell us. We just go, dang. Yeah, Lamar can't get brought down. The dude is the MVP. Give me a break. Give me a break. 
Lamar Jackson last night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, and they tell us, don't look at the stats because it, it's, it shows us something, right? He went 14 of 24, 171 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And his interception was so bad. It wasn't even a good, it wasn't like I'm throwing deep down the field and my guy just got beat. He threw an interception five yards away from him with no one in his face. That's what Lamar Jackson did. He threw a bad INT, but I guess we can't say that. Lamar Jackson had a total of just under 300 yards total yesterday. Trevor Lawrence had 25 completions, 43 yards, 264 yards. Trevor Lawrence also carried the football four times for 41 yards. But Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence also fumbled the football twice yesterday. Two times. Gave it up two times. And as I've said, the Jags beat themselves. They missed a field goal to make it 3-3. And then they went down the field, got another field goal, and it was, oh, again, a missed field goal. They, they missed two field goals. They would have been up 6-3 to in the first quarter. And then Lamar threw an interception. Oh, and then the Jags were going down the field. It was third and 17. You're in field goal range. And oh, what do you know? Trevor Lawrence fumbles the football and Baltimore has it. Oh, what happens after that? You might ask Well, Baltimore goes the length of the field or 60 yards and scores a touchdown. Oh, and then at the half, at the half, instead of spiking the ball, they go into shotgun, try to throw an out route. The guy stays in bounds. They don't even get a field go off. So instead of going down at the half, 10 to 3, they're down 10 to nothing. So what would be 10 to 9 if you don't miss the other two field goals and you don't make a stupid play like that, now it's 10 to 9. There's a whole different game and a different atmosphere coming out of the half. And what do the Jags do? They score a touchdown to make it 10 to 7. Again, just keep in count here. That would be 16-10 in favor of Jacksonville. So I'm just putting it into perspective. Because Baltimore has not looked like they are a dominant team. And maybe that's just me. Maybe it's my fault that I'm continuously looking for Baltimore to look like that team. Because they're the number one team in the AFC. Maybe I'm just being overly critical on what Baltimore should look like. But I also want to take a second here to talk about Trevor Lawrence. Because I am done with all of the excuses that everybody wants to constantly make because he was a number one overall pick. What has Trevor Lawrence done to make us all believe he is deserving of the almost elite status that we all automatically gave him coming out of college, right? The most winning quarterback, a guy coming from Clemson once since he was a freshman, won national titles, won a, won a Heisman, did all of the things that he needed to do in college football. He was the most touted quarterback coming out of college since Andrew Luck. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence has looked subpar. Can we just be honest? He hasn't looked anywhere close. He is a... Chargers failure away from being looked at completely different. He lost that game against the Chargers, and the Chargers gave it back to him last year in the playoffs. And this year, he constantly is fumbling the ball, turning it over, throwing interceptions. Trevor Lawrence has an issue. Trevor Lawrence has a problem. He does not look like an elite quarterback. He doesn't even look like an above-average quarterback. But yet, somehow, we're continuously giving them break after break after break. 
Why? All right, look, first we said Urban Meyer, right? First we gave him the excuse of Urban Meyer, and guess what? I'm fine with that excuse because Urban Meyer was a terrible head coach in the NFL. So we give him the first excuse, and then he's like, all right, oh, okay, okay, okay. Year two, year one with Doug Peterson, that's the real one we're paying attention to, right? Okay, look, they got to the playoffs. Oh, they upset. Oh, my goodness. They came back from down three touchdowns, and they beat the Los Angeles Chargers. That's the Trevor Lawrence I thought I was seeing. That's the Trevor Lawrence of who we all thought he was, he, he was going to be. Trevor Lawrence hasn't shown he's the guy. No questions asked. He hasn't shown it. He hasn't. This year, he's been the problem. They got him another weapon in Calvin Ridley. He can't get him the ball. Now he's missing Christian Kirk, and now there's another built-in excuse. Because some of you are so quick to tell me Justin Herbert isn't the guy, but I don't hear you saying the same thing about Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't done anything, but constantly put his team behind. Because some of you told me if you put Trevor Lawrence in San Francisco, the 49ers are undefeated. And if you put Brock Purdy in, in, in Jacksonville... Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars wouldn't even be competing for the division. Are you sure? Because the Brock Purdy I see today would probably take advantage of the weapons in Jacksonville. I'm sure the Brock Purdy today wouldn't have made the same mistakes Trevor Lawrence made in Jacksonville last night. And again, this is coming from a guy that is barely turning the tide on Brock Purdy. That's the honest truth. Trevor Lawrence isn't the guy and he's showing it to us constantly and over and over again and somehow we don't believe him is is again where are our parameters here because he's been playing football he's been getting the opportunity now I know why we turn on Zach Wilson in the same draft and Trey Lance like I, I get those two guys Zach and Trey at least Trey I think he might get a chance somewhere down the road who knows but but at least Zach Wilson showed us he's not the guy We believe Zach, even though I think Robert Sala took a really long time to believe Zach Wilson. But we're not believing Trevor Lawrence showing us who he is. He's a guy that's an average quarterback, that can sometimes play like an above average quarterback, but mostly just pretty average at the NFL level. That's not terrible, but that's not franchise winning. We got to be honest. We got to be truthful. The same way that I'm saying today that Arthur Smith should not continue as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He shouldn't. How do you lose to the Carolina Panthers on the road with 10 people in the stadium? In a stadium like Carolina where you could get in to watch that game for 50 cents. And then can we give Joe Brady some credit? The man has changed the offensive scheme of the Buffalo Bills and taken the load off of Josh Allen. Can we just James Cook? What about Cook yesterday against the uh, Dallas Cowboys? James Cook had himself a day. Like Josh Allen crossed over 100 yards throwing the football until like the fourth quarter. Let's give credit where credit is due. We'll get you ready for the rest of your day when we come back. You're listening to those Jose Gonzalez Show. This is 1430 ESPN Fresno. Christmas everywhere you go. 
The Jose Gonzalez Show, Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. and on Fridays, beginning at noon on your local sports leader. Good morning and appreciate you for joining us and appreciate you for tuning in here to the Jose Gonzalez Show. Um, coming up this week, we will be bringing you as much conversation as we can tomorrow. Angelique will join the show. Um, our guy Chris Alvarez will join the show this week as well. Stephen Haglin on this week, Gus on this week, and a couple of other surprise guests joining us uh, throughout the week as well. Um, so, again, appreciate you guys for joining us and for tuning in. And, again, the rest of the week, um, we will have a, so much conversation for you guys. And coming up on Friday, we won't have a show. Uh, Tony D won't have a show as well. We'll have Inside the Patch. And then um, coming up next through the week, uh, we will be off. But uh, you will have Sportsline. You will also have uh, you will also have Gabe Camarillo with Home Field Advantage. And uh, there you go. Um, so, with that all being said, we'll take our final break. We'll uh, get you ready for the rest of your day. When we come back, you're listening to the Jose Gonzalez Show. 1430 ESPN Fresno, your local sports leader. All right. Appreciate you guys for joining us and tuning in to the Jose Gonzalez Show. Coming up next, the Rich Eisen Show at 10 o'clock. Coming up at 2 o'clock, sports line, the Bulldog Hour. Tony. And Paul Leffler will talk about this past bowl game on a Saturday as New Mexico State loses to the Bulldogs in convincing fashion. You also have home field advantage with Gabe Camarillo as he breaks down the bowl game as well, the football season. And he'll talk some high school basketball as well on his local show. I'll leave you with one thing, and that is Chip Kelly and his idea on name, image, and likeness. So instead of ending the show as we normally do with this out, I will say you've been listening to those Jose Gonzalez show. I will talk to you mañana at 7 a.m. on 1430 ESPN. And here is Chip Kelly on what he believes would fix college football. What is the, the biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. And I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the group of five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've allowed to spend the time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group and said there's 132 teams and we all share in the same we all share the same TV contract so that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another, that we all go together, that's a lot of games and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one. Instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five, you can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You can do a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done, 
that money now needs to be shared with the student athletes and there needs to be revenue sharing the players should get paid and you get rid of NLI and the school should be paying the players because the players are what the product is and the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty not that I've thought about it you're listening to locally owned 1430 ESPN